some of the management challenges, interesting, they're somewhat repetitive because the, in the IT world, the systems we upgraded during my time here uh, as uh, Assistant Secretary and CIO back in the Bush days have now been referred to as legacy systems. And <laughs> when we brought them out, we, they were state-of-the-art. So uh, I found myself uh, sort of chuckling uh, in meetings about when uh, people would talk about this legacy system, we've got to really upgrade it. And, but I was familiar with what the system was supposed to accomplish and what they were looking for. Unlike uh, 12 years ago, today the word cloud is often used and it has nothing to do with the weather. When I left it, it was uh, just about arriving. And laptops are oh so common now. They were somewhat in use back 12, 15 years ago, but very common now. And of course, handheld mobile devices, we see that in our investigators, our inspectors. That's the sort of technology de jour, and it's making every aspect of what we do more efficient. Uh, we're able to serve our customers more quickly, uh, more accurately, and the, the, the data we get from those handheld devices, we can turn into management information uh, uh, very quickly. When your CIO comes to you and asks you questions and talks about, hey, we need to deal with this issue, that there's a different type of support that maybe you had, not to, not taking away from your deputy secretary, but there's a familiarity, as you said, with the systems, with the technology. Sure. When when I uh, we have a very capable CIO here, uh, Gundeep, and, and uh, when he's talking about this program area or that issue, whether it's data centers, uh, whatever, I immediately catch on to what he's saying, what's the problem he faces. Uh, we recently relocated one of our data, data centers. We had to move it a good distance. And I, I understood all the uh, problems that the, the move possibly faced, and uh, he had prepared very well for it, and it went out, uh, went off without but, a but hitch. It's, it's, uh, let me put a finer point, because it's not about you understanding. I think any deputy secretary in your role would, would say, oh, yeah, we have to fix this. It's an old system. Right, right, right. But how does being in the role you're at kind of give you a, a different perspective, a, a, an ability to move the agency forward more quickly? Because it's not a new technology or it's not a new mission area that you're like, yeah, what does that do again? Remind me. You, you have, as you said, that, that background knowledge that maybe may, lets you move faster. It definitely makes the decision process shorter. When I was here many years ago, I needed, you know, several more briefings to get comfortable with something than I need now. And I think uh, the, the, both the program managers and, and uh, the folks in the CIO world probably appreciate that uh, because it shortens that time frame. Uh, I'm always wanting to compress time frames anyway because time is limited. <laughs> and because of some of the knowledge I've acquired in the past, I feel comfortable in doing that uh, when working with the uh, staff here. Discuss maybe some of that progress you've made in the IT world, and we'll go through some of those other management areas too. We have, uh, doing some of the fundamentals, we've closed 61 of 74 data centers. Uh, I'm happy to say we still are receiving some good grades. We got the first A grade in the Fatara scorecard rating. We've developed a few new uh, websites, uh, apprenticeship.gov, which is a big initiative of the administration uh, that we brought up uh, online. Right now, so much training is web-based, and we're, we're, we push that out a lot into the agency. Some of it's required, of course, cybersecurity and so on. And I, I also notice we seem to have 
much better accountability of our property as opposed to what we in the past simply because everything is so technology oriented as far as tracing and inventorying of property which again increases the efficiency and helps save some money the challenge which is sort of very much remains and it's not surprising uh, particularly in a 3.7 percent unemployment rate the challenge is filling a lot of these tech jobs the government you know we're competing against uh, uh, the private sector of which there's a lot of money in the private sector for top-notch people uh, so that that uh, challenge existed before it's probably even more acute now because of the the competition from outside and the healthy economy we're in I definitely want to talk workforce before we do that uh, l- let me just talk a little bit about uh, IT for another minute one of the things that I've heard from the rumor mill, if you will, about labor, is that you guys are having some really great success, but but nobody knows about it. So let's shine a little bit of light on the success. I understand that you were able to, through efforts with your CIO, you guys were able to find some money and put it towards modernization. I think uh, the w- number I heard, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is something like $70 million from understanding what you're spending today and spending it differently tomorrow. Yeah, in that neighborhood, one of the things we've we've been particularly uh, sort of acute at is uh, making sure that money that we end up not spending, be it because of uh, we haven't been able to fill some vacancies, we've been consolidating some office space, we've been a a lot more efficient in the purchasing of, of supplies. The money we save in that area, we are applying uh, to technology. And the way we do it in a quick format, I think your listeners are probably more attuned to this than others, is we, we, we have in place contracts that we then write task orders against. Uh, we have blanket purchase agreements that, uh, again, we'll put money against it. So we don't have to s- reinvent the wheel every time and scramble with a new contract. And managers are very, uh, I just left a, a budget meeting as we're preparing for 2021. And the program managers were when asked what are you planning to do they said we want to take that money that we're not going to use for this and we want to put it on that contract that we're trying to upgrade this system so they've already adjusted themselves to reallocating resources in a way that is aimed toward technology very few i can't remember anyone saying you know geez we want to buy uh, new carpet. I mean, if that doesn't come up. It's, we got. Oh, I need more money on that technology contract because I can get that system up quicker, and it's going to help uh, the staff across the country. That realization is is huge because a lot of agencies are struggling of, of finding the money to move from legacy or what they call O and M to DME development modernization enhancements. Is the the, the quote unquote trick? It's not just, hey, we found money and we'll do it. And that's come from your secretary, the deputy secretary yeah. in your role, but also your CFO. Uh, so how, yes. how are you bringing that CXO community, that, that leadership community, to go down the same path? I've, from the first week I was here, I uh, meet regularly, uh, regularly, and it's actually been weekly, with both the uh, CFO and the assistant secretary for administration and management. Uh, and the, the CIO, as needed the CIO has uh, open door access so that as you've referred to it uh, the CXO community uh, I guess probably because of my last position here I, I, I've got a good understanding why it, to make sure that they're all have a good amount of knowledge they don't have to know everybody else's business but they need to have a good amount of knowledge about one another's doing so that they can 
work together and uh, find shortcuts that are good. Uh, let me let me uh, opine on one more part about, and you mentioned it budget-wise. In FY19, the fiscal year we're currently in, versus FY18 last year, we actually had a reduction in our appropriated funds by $258 million, real reduction. It was not, it's not adjusted for inflation. That was money right off the top. And one of the few agencies that faced that. Uh, but it didn't challenge us and make us panic. I think it probably made us all a little better managers, number one. Uh, and and two, for the first time in 26 years, we actually got our appropriation, a full-year appropriation last year on October 1. So that gave us some uh, certainty, uh, although it was a little less money. We had some certainty from day one. We weren't working off CRs of how to manage. And I think that's why uh, when we finished – um, wrapping up FY19, we're going to have some very significant results in the management area because people didn't stop and start. They're not rushing to get contracts out the door here in September. Uh, they were able to space that well. But let me go down uh, the, the secondary path around workforce. There's a concern over how the federal workers are, are if you will, um, adjusting <laughs> to the administration. Uh, how have you kind of tried to, knowing that you came in under the Bush administration, you were, you were in the government during the Obama administration, and you saw the kind of different approaches. What's the, your message been to the workforce? Because other agencies, for instance, and, and you correct me if labor has done this, but has, for instance, reduced telework. And that, that's, that's a huge concern for a lot of agencies. Other agencies are looking to reorganize and move uh, offices outside of the D.C. area, and, and that's a big stress. And, and I think sometimes people say, well, that's good or bad, but, but either way, it's stress. How have you kind of dealt with the workforce issues? Well, we have looked at telework, and we utilize telework, but we want to be sure there's a management input into the telework process. I mean, uh, there's got to be accountability to telework. It's a, it's a useful tool. And it's uh, it's commonly used not only in government but outside government. So it's uh, it's part of the, part of the sort of work lifestyle uh, mix uh, that that goes on across the whole workforce in the country. We haven't moved anything outside of where it is in Washington. We have, most of our workforce is outside Washington. We have. Uh, and, and let me just jump in. Eighty-eight percent of the yes. <laughs> workforce. People sometimes I think forget about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, most of it's out there. We are actually right now in the midst of renegotiating our collective bargaining agreements, both of them, and we hope to have that uh, resolved uh, by the end of this uh, calendar year, for sure. I think we've had a, uh, a good relationship uh, across the board with uh, the DOL workforce. We were, uh, my style and, and, and certainly I think most of our uh, agency heads has been uh, a very inclusive uh, approach to management. We have made an effort, though, through our performance management system to be sure that those employees that are not meeting up to the performance standards that are expected, that those employees are uh, disciplined accordingly, and if there's a real problem, they're removed. So uh, I'm not someone who subscribes to the theory that it's impossible to dismiss a bad performer. You can. It takes some work. Hopefully, you don't have many situations like that. And, but, but a bad performer is not only a hindrance to themselves, it's a hindrance to, the, to, to an entire office because 
most performers are, of course, doing a quite good job, but they see the person who's not coming in on time or that's turning in not a good work product, and it, it undermines morale. So I, I think by uh, focusing on solving those few problem areas, we've helped uh, the productivity of our overall workforce. You bring up the potential for uh, the, the ongoing union negotiations, and without going too far down that path, because I realize there may be some sensitivities, yeah. uh, there's been a lot of concern from within other agencies that the back and forth has been have been uh, rocky, to say the least. Uh, how are you? Have you had meetings with the union officials? Have you tried to keep it where okay, let's agree to the starting point, and then we can move off well, from there? Like talk a little bit getting, about it. Without getting into details, I have met with uh, both briefly with the uh, our, the union presidents. But we've had a, a, a negotiating team made up of on our side of uh, management officials. They've selected their negotiating team of labor union officials, uh, which is sort of the traditional approach. Both sides have uh, exchanged some ideas and be, uh, and they have been, uh, they've been meeting for about six weeks now. And they're coming to a lot of conclusions. And uh, it, what can't be concluded will be resolved through the rest of the, the process that governs the federal workforce. As I'm quite familiar with that, and so <laughs> given my time at the Federal Labor Relations Authority, I, I, I know that process quite well. Well, obviously something that we'll all kind of watch as we go forward. One other workforce thing kind of comes to mind. Have you talked with some of the other program managers, some of the other CXO communities about uh, uh, morale? Are you ensuring that? Uh, when I walked in, I saw a couple of the plaques on the wall that said, you know, best places to work, Department of Labor. Those measurements are, you know, some people put a lot of into them, some people put less into them. But either way, I think good workers, good morale at any agency, any organization means a, a better way to meet your mission. Have you had those discussions? Are you following federal employee viewpoint scores? How are you using those to ensure that well, you're... Well, one of the things I've tried to promote here is maximizing the use of the performance management system's bonus and awards authority. Uh, I'm not a believer in uh, leaving money sort of on the table if there are uh, employees who have contributed significantly to the overall mission of the department or a particular program. Uh, we should reward them. Uh, so we've had some special act awards. We've set up a system where people who, under our rating system, a five-level rating system, that even if you're if you're f at least fully successful, you can participate in the, in a performance management award. Uh, some agencies have it a little different, and uh, you know you never really know how much the message penetrates all across the department when you have uh, many employees as we do, fourteen thousand or so. Uh, but I, based on the awards the department is receiving, which I mentioned earlier, uh, and the recognition we've been uh, getting in many cases from uh, OMB for some of the, what we do as a best practice, uh, I feel good, and I think our, I think our workforce uh, feels good uh, about the results that come out at the end of the year. Like last year, we had the Wage and Hour Division collected $304 million in back wages. That is the single largest collection of back wages for employees in the history of the Wage and Hour Division, in the 80-year history, regardless of who's president or who's in Congress. And uh, they did it without a confirmed agency head uh, because the Senate kept that person waiting for over 500 days. So, but that, so that's a credit, really, 
to the, the teamwork that was there, which is largely uh, career employees. Pat, first of all, thanks for your time. I really appreciate the conversation. One of the big pushes from this administration and really the last couple have been data, using data to make decisions, driving towards the mission. Can you just talk a little bit about from a deputy secretary, from the acting secretary level, how do you, mm-hmm. not the Labor Department, but how do you use data to make your decisions? Walk me through a little bit. I've said uh, before, and I'll say it again for your listeners, that Washington tends to be a town with a lot of data, but not as much information as you need. And the the key to making good management decisions is turning data into information that you can make a management decision from. And I've impressed upon our uh, team here at the department that they need to do that themselves if they're not getting the information from the data that's collected. We were the first agency to set up a data board. Uh, I think you're aware of that. Soon after the president signed the law in January, we had been working on setting up one for a little bit of time, and then all of a sudden the law got signed and we were ready. And uh, so that's been formulated. Uh, They've been meeting to look uh, at at data across the, the department. But I the message I left when I met with that group in their first meeting was, you've got to turn data into information. Just real quick, but how do you every day, do you have a dashboard? Are you, do, I, I do you get paper every I, I, day? <laughs> I, no, I get some paper. I consult some information on a dashboard. There are certain things that I'm always tracking, lapse number of FTEs, projections on year-end uh, lapse monies, FTE, accessions and separations. I get that every two weeks just to get a quick snapshot of a sort of feel what's going on there. And I'm meeting regularly with agency heads, and some of them uh, will bring a particular issue or problem around, and I'll I'll always ask them to get a little more um, information from the data they leave me. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.